Hey, hey, that's the bell. It's time to kick this off. Welcome to another installment of Comics, Please. Um, graphic novels and comics for parents, librarians, educators, and school-aged student enthusiasts. <laughs> this is a show within a show of the Comic Syllabus Podcast where we talk about kids uh, and comics, kid comics, comics for kids, comics that kids might like. Um, my name is Paul. I'm an English teacher and a literacy researcher and a dad and a huge fan of comic books. And I'm all about seeing um, kids become enthusiastic and excited readers. And I think comics are a great medium and means to do that. So um, this is kind of the second time I've tried this. Comic Syllabus Podcast is a, 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 a podcast that's for people interested in a wide range of comics, but I am, um, in special ways, because I am an educator and a parent, um, interested in how um, librarians and teachers and parents and um, kids can find comics that are great reads for young readers. And so I've decided that every now and then I would just try to launch this sort of podcast within a podcast, a sub-podcast. Maybe eventually it'll go into its own feed with um, some regular co-hosts to talk about comics that are targeted at readers of all ages um, and younger ages. And so today I wanted to talk with co-host Kid, who is my daughter, occasionally a guest on the Comic Syllabus podcast, um, about something that we've been reading together lately, which is the graphic novel adaptations of a wildly popular um, kind of middle grade uh, fantasy series that's called Wings of Fire. Um, Wings of Fire is written by Tui Sutherland, and it is um, adapted by Barry Deutsch with art by the inimitable and ultra-talented Mike Holmes. So first, my daughter co-host Kid and I, you'll hear us talk about Wings of Fire. Um, after that chat about that really exciting series, um, of which three books are out, uh, a third book just came out in October, um, you will hear me talk about Superman Smashes the Clan, a recent release from DC Comics written by Jean Luen Yang, with art by the um, artist duo Kurihiru, um, about Superman and um, a young girl named Roberta, a young Chinese-American girl named Roberta, in um, an earlier time period and a wonderful and powerful story um, about race relations and um, heroism and America. And it is um, the first of three uh, issues of Super Superman Smashes the Clan. Just came out a little while ago. So we'll get to those in a second. Here we go. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at multiversitycomics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commandy. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. Okay, we welcome back to the Comic Syllabus Podcast co-host kid, my daughter, and my best reading buddy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> we are in sitting on our couch enjoying some frozen grapes, our favorite delectable treat, although we won't 
keep eating them because now it's time to podcast. <laughs> but something we like um, almost as much as frozen grapes is the Wings of Fire series, which you've been really into for the past year. Um, co-host Kim. Year? Month. Month, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Month. Corrected. Uh, co-host kid, tell us what's great about the Wings of Fire series. It's very interesting because it's a book that's like, there's actually no humans in it. Mm-hmm. Like most books about dragons, if you think about them, have some humans in them. But this is like totally dragon mm-hmm. and it's very interesting mm-hmm. to see it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an... Go ahead. We don't have a cough button on this. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's kind of uh, cool because it's it's an epic, multi-volume fantasy series. But the dragons um, have all the sort of features of dragons. The magic, the fire, the, you know, all that. But they also have, like, characteristics, personalities. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a whole bunch of different dragon main characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wings of Fire series... Um, didn't actually start out as graphic novels. Tell us about how you encountered the series and how you read it in terms of prose or graphic novel. Well, actually, first I started with the graphic novel of the first book, which we have right here. This is not the copy I started with. Mm -hmm. I started with the library copy. This is the copy we bought. Mm -hmm. Wings of Fire, the graphic novel, book one, The Dragonet Prophecy, written by Tui T. Sutherland, who was the original author of the prose series, art by Mike Holmes, Adapted by Barry Deutsch and uh, colored by Marta Laiho from Graphics Scholastic Imprint of Scholastic. <sighs> yeah, and Daddy's <laughs> also very mad that Barry Deutsch doesn't get a place on the front cover. I know. That adaptation work is hard. I think Barry Deutsch should get credit on the cover and the, co- <laughs> and the colorist too. Anyway, so this one came out last year, I think early, early 2018, right? Yeah. So you first read the first graphic novel and... Tell us a little bit about your reading experience with the first graphic novel. Like, what drew you into the story? The, uh, well, it, it's, first, it's just, I think the characters are in different, are, like, different personalities, Mm -hmm. but they, they, like, get along. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a fun, there's, like, some fun, um dialogue between the characters mm-hmm. and the ways they interact because they have different personalities. And um and it's sweet their relationships to each other because they had literally spent the whole the first 6 years of their life with no one else but each, no other dragonettes but each other. Right. So actually this is a good opportunity maybe to tell the setup of the story as far as why did these six dragons grow up together? And um, what is the Dragonette Prophecy? The Dragonette Prophecy is about the... There's a war between three Sandwing Queens. Um, That's Sandwing Queens. <laughs> yeah. Which is their... right Shmaui Wee. They're their... These are three rivals for the throne of the... Sand of the wings. sand wings, which is one of seven types of dragons. Seven which, types yeah, of dragons. Which is in this series. And, you know, each type of dragon has its own sort of kingdom. But the sand wings, um, it's sort of being fought over by three different queens, right? Mm-hmm. There's this big war. All the other kinds of dragons are wrapped up in the war. <laughs> except night wings or rain wings. Except night wings who are neutral and rain wings who are also neutral. Like Switzerland. Okay. but <laughs> So then, um, then what do the dragonettes have to do with it? 
um, the dragonettes are, there is a prophecy um, that I don't want to, I won't read to you the whole prophecy, uh-huh. but it's basically, the point of it is five dragons are going to hatch on the brightest night and they're going to stop the war mm-hmm. and pick a queen and bring peace to the, the land. Yeah. The land of dragon. Pyra- Pyria. Oh, Pyria is the name of it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which sounds a little bit like what happens if you swallow fire and you have to go to the bathroom for a really long time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I got a bad case of Pyria from all that fire I swallowed. Okay. Uh, anyway, so so the, um, the five dragonettes, their eggs were kind of captured by the secret society Trying to fulfill the prophecy. Talents of peace. The talents of peace. A secret society of dragons, right? Yeah. And, and they were they were raised together in a in a cave, so they're all really close to each other. But they're all different types of dragons, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to give us the rundown on these characters that are our heroes in the in these graphic okay. novels? So, our main character is Clay. Mm-hmm. He's very caring mm-hmm. and. He um he is brave mm-hmm. and he doesn't like killing things. Yes. And what kind of dragon is he? He's a mudwing. He's a mudwing, therefore orange. Yes. <laughs> then, Sunny. We have Sunny. She she has a <clears throat> she's an odd looking sandwing. Mm. She's not quite like other sandwings. Mm. Um and because she doesn't have the venomous barb on her tail ah. and she's like a weird golden color and she's like really small really tiny now there's a whole reason for all those things right yes but i don't know it yet but you do because you've read from uh-huh. her head. it comes up in book five interesting okay good but yes there is a reason and sunny's quite cute and sweet <laughs> yeah okay next there is starflight starflight he's purple smart <laughs> he's purplish black yes um, he belongs to the Nightwings. Yeah. Which, as we mentioned before, and neutral. He is supposed to be able to read minds and tell the future like mm. other Nightwings, but yes. he just can't. Yes. Instead, he's very studious. Like, you know, these uh, Nightwings are supposed to be like, they're supposed to have all kinds of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So he really likes to study the scrolls and stuff. And for some <laughs> reason, when we were reading this, I just felt compelled to give him a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you always did this British Starflight. We should study some more tonight. <laughs> okay, so that's three of the five, right? And then su- there's Tsunami. Mm-hmm. She's very dangerous. Strong. <laughs> Strong. Large. Yeah, pretty large. Mm-hmm. Um. And she can breathe underwater. She's a sea wing. She's a sea wing. Yes. And they can breathe underwater and swim and live underwater. I like how in this very first time we see her, she's devouring a cow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they all eat cows, but she, I mean, no, she's a... Uh... She, we see her earlier. Oh, like, we do. Baby That's true. tsunami and then like yeah, tsunami over here. We're looking at this two-page sp- <laughs> splash page. Splash Splash page, splash, splash page, where um, Clay is introduced. It's one of those pages where all the characters are laid out and it has their names and their colors and little descriptions and things they say. And in that page, Tsunami is um, viciously chewing up a cow. 
Um, to be exact, biting its head off. <laughs> oh, that's true. So, and Tsunami is actually the hero of the second book, The Lost Air. Right? Uh-huh. So every one of the books has a different main protagonist, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the heroine, heroine, heroine? Heroine. Yeah. Heroine mm-hmm. of the third book, mm-hmm. Lori. Yes. She is, is the last of our dragonettes here. She's a rain wing. Mm-hmm. She is, her scales mm-hmm. turn like different colors, like, like rain wings do. Yes, yes. Um, and she can camouflage. Yes. Um, she's quite sarcastic. Yeah. And she's not lazy or stupid. Which is like, the stereotype. For Rain Wings. And what's cool about her is um, she's not like, they didn't originally think that the Dragonette Prophecy involved a Rain Wing, right? Uh huh. It was supposed to be, she was supposed to be a Sky Wing. Yes, but somehow she's in there. So that winds up popping up in the story a number of times. Um, so I like that the sarcastic one and the really strong and fierce tough one and um and the the um the small tiny sweet one are all female dragons cuz mm-hmm. it's like a range of female characters. Yeah. Cool. Um so so we have these five dragonettes. They grow up together. Of course, the adventures start really quickly, right? Yeah. And um we will not give away what happens. Um but it's the kind of fantasy epic where you know, there's wars and tr- sort of like these tribes or kingdoms, mm-hmm. nations, and they all are different and they have battles and um, like a certain queen has a certain champion and there's like betrayals and um, it's really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Epic storytelling. Uh, you and me and mom are all pretty into these. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to say a few things about the series or... No, it's just it's a, it's a great series. Mm-hmm. It's also very big too. Mm. So if you read this, you you can there's a lot more books you can read. Yeah, Tell, <laughs> give us the rundown of what graphic novels are available and what prose books are available. Okay, so the first three graphic novels are available. Mm-hmm. Um, there are thirteen prose books currently mm. out. Yes. There are two le- two legends books, which are like. Prologue, I mean prequels, uh, prequels. but okay. there's like a prequel and then like a second prequel. I'm not sure what that's all about. And, um, and then... Just prequels. Prequel, prequel, prequel. <laughs> See, that book did fast. Prequel, 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 prequel. And, and there are... Um, like these little spin-off individual books, right? Yeah. So all these books you're talking about are actually the prose novels, right? Yeah. But the... Um, the graphic novels, they've adapted the th- first three into graphic novels. Uh-huh. Um, they have adapted the Dragonette Prophecy, the book last one. book one, the Lost Air, book, book two, two. Mm-hmm. the Hidden Kingdom, book three. Just out in October uh-huh. 2019. And I heard somewhere that book four, the Dark Secret graphic novel, may be coming out in 2020. Yeah, it seems like it's about you know, two, almost two per year. Which, okay, the amazing thing about these is that um, I got to, I got to, for a minute, stand for um, Mike Holmes. So where do we know Mike Holmes, the artist, from again? Um, do you remember what else he drew? Secret Coders. That's right. The artist with um, Jin Wen Yang on Secret Coders. And what's amazing to me is how different the style is and how yeah. how hard it must have been to draw these graphic novels because drawing dragons is hard. Yeah. And he gives every dragon their own personality 
and their own distinct features. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every dragon, you can, you can tell who is who. Um, that's really not easy to make them distinguishable and to give them such yeah. personality and subtlety in their, in their expressions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just the art is so cool. You like the art? I like the art. Okay. That was a great question. Do you like the art? That's a fantastic <laughs> interview question, Dad. Uh, do you like page 63? No. Uh, <laughs> do you want to say anything else about what you liked or what questions you had? Or maybe even something you disliked or a moment you want to share about? Um, I, I just... Not really. I just like... I just like this too, and I flip to like almost. I was just like flip, 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 and then I <laughs> opened to a page. And it was page sixty-three. <laughs> so, what is your favorite page sixty-three? <laughs> well, maybe this is actually a good example of what's going on in the story. What is going on in page sixty-three without giving too many spoilers, just so they can get a little taste of the story? Um, I think they are currently flying around in the sky for mm-hmm. their first. For the first time. Free. Free. In their cave. And it's, they're experiencing their first sunrise. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, great. that's a great example. And, it, and it's brilliant. Their wings are spread. You can see like the painted um, skyline and uh, the, the sort of kingdom of, of Pyrea spread out in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a fun series. If you're, even if you're not into fantasy, I think this is a good series to get a kid into fantasy, actually. You yeah. Because um, the characters are just so relatable. The action is very exciting. Um, Game of Thrones is not appropriate for young children. So, the, <laughs> so this, is, this is a great way in. Um, cool. Thanks for talking to us about Dragonette Prophecy. Thank you. All right. See you later. Check those up books out. Bye. Bye. Okay, thanks, co-host kid. Always fun to talk with my daughter about books we're reading. Um, Superman Smashes the Clan came out about a month ago from DC Comics. It's the first of three issues. The second issue is going to come out in mid-December. And I can't wait! Um, I'm a little late to talk about this, um, but fans of the podcast know that I am a humongous fan of Gene Luen Yang, uh, a huge admirer of his work. And I also love, 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 love the artistic style of Gorihiru, who are a pair of artists um, from Japan who've done a ton of work in the U.S., including the um, Avatar The Last Airbender um, follow-up series that Jin Luen Yang wrote um, that they published with, with Dark Horse, um, following up from that really cool um, animated series. Um, Gorihiru have also done, <clears throat> I feel like a... a um, I, I'm, I'm a British person because I said Guru Hero have also done. Um, they, <laughs> they have also done um, uh, Gwenpool comics and a variety of other um, really fun um, comics. Uh, they do a lot of cool covers and they just have a very um, animated style that reminds me a lot of uh, the best <laughs> anime um, and, and uh, manga art. Uh, but really put into uh, to good use in um, the context of these American comics. Uh, if you hold a copy of Superman Smashes the Clan, it's an interesting size because it's kind of a, th- a thin paperback size. And it's a size that this team of creators, Jin Luen Yang and Guri Hiro, 
have worked in before um, those uh, Avatar The Last Airbender comics I mentioned were also released in this very size and um, in kind of three issue installments. So I wonder if DC is taking notes from Dark Horse and the way that they decided to release those stories and are putting out it's something that's really become kind of its own unique form here. Um, now, DC Comics for kids. Uh, if you go to a comic book shop and you look on the new comics racks and you look at the current year of the villain or <laughs> the recently ended deceased series, um, you can get the feeling that DC Comics, um, as, mu as iconic as those heroes like Superman and Batman are, are not for kids. Uh, and you wouldn't be wrong. And um, what I really appreciate is that recently DC has... Um, launched an imprint that okay for profit's sake is taking advantage of the booming young readers graphic novel market but um this imprint called zoom which is a great name for dc comics for young readers has um recruited some of the best like ya young adult um, middle grade novelists to write their own takes on various superheroes um, recently, for instance, I got Marie Lu's Batman uh, Nightwalker, maybe it's called, and then there's a Meg Cabot Black Canary, and there's um, just all kinds of really fun um, uh, DC Zoom books that I highly recommend. Um, you do want to pay a little bit of attention to who the target audience is. Some of those books like, look like they may be good for like a 10-year-old, but they're actually probably more for like a teenager, so be advised a little bit about the content. But just in general... Highly recommend those adaptations. Um, some of them are um, pretty good, and some of them are pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but um, actually, I, it doesn't. I'm looking at the book now, and I don't see the Zoom imprint on Superman Smashes the Clan. And I think that's okay because I think um, you might be fooled into thinking that this is just for kids, and you would be wrong. Um, but you would also not be wrong to recommend this, to give this to a kid. I read this with um, co-host kid with my daughter, and um, she too is a fan of Jean Wen Yang, Yang's work and those Avatar books, and loves the style of Superman Smashes the Clan, and was immediately totally enamored with um, its main character, which you would think is Superman. <laughs> and he sort of is. Um, there's plenty of Superman in this story, but there's also equal parts um, Two other new main characters that we're introduced to, um, one more so than the other, a brother and sister pair. And the sister is a young Chinese-American girl named Roberta. And Roberta and her brother have moved to a new town because her father has um, gotten, you know, recently gotten a, a new um, uh, employment opportunity as a scientist. And so Roberta and her brother have to orient themselves and get used to the, a new town. Uh, orient themselves, not a pun intended, but um, certainly it's the situation of being uh, Chinese American in the in a time period in the 30s when Superman was first emerging, um, and uh, uh, and really having to adjust to life in a place that um, is more or less hospitable, welcoming to um, to these. Um, Asian American people. And um, what Jean Luen Yang is able to connect in writing this book and goes into some detail and some depth in a, an essay at the, at the back called Superman and Me Part One. 
I imagine that parts two and three will be with the other parts of um, this series, is the connections between the Chinese American families and communities of um, within the, the the kind of you know landscape of American culture, the sorts of exclusion and racism that they experienced, and making links between that and the the African American freedom struggle as well, the the struggle against Jim Crow. Um, obviously, uh, post-emancipation, um, uh, um, Reconstruction era, and how that era brought about a a a, um, a reaction of racism um, that took the form of the Ku Klux Klan. And so, of course, the title of this book, Superman Smashes the Klan, is about a confrontation that, in this volume, we see brewing between Superman in the early days of his being a superhero, at this stage of Superman's evolution as an actual, you know, character in history. He hadn't even um, really gotten the power to fly yet. He was just able to jump really high, able to leap tall buildings, um, eventually with a single bound. But I love that Superman in this book is not only discovering his powers, but it the creators have kept him true to who he was in, uh, say, the 1930s or in the 1940s. Um, 39? Yeah, maybe. So maybe we should say the 1940s here. Um, but I think uh, Yang is also tying together experiences that um, uh, Chinese Americans uh, went through from pressures of clan and clan-like um, uh racist peoples, uh, particularly in California, uh, during the that that same time period. And um, I think that it's really cool to see this story that I think kids can read as a way to have a way into history and to understand the ties, the connections, some of the bonds of um, struggle that different uh, people of color throughout American history have experienced. And I think one of the coolest things about it is that it's a Superman story. It's very much a Superman story. It's definitely not just Superman as a kind of garnish to what is a story about young people and race. Um, because as we see throughout this first volume, Superman in this book is also kind of confronting the uh, recognition of his own history um, in this early version of Superman, he hasn't totally come to terms with the reality that he is an alien um, and that, you know, he crash landed from um, Krypton, Krypton uh, to Earth. And so we get these flashback scenes where Superman is starting to, um, through the influence of some, some things going on, uh, without giving away too much, starting to reckon with the fact that he is an alien. And it's fascinating because a character, a kid in this story who is, is, is set up as a sort of a bully for Roberta and her brother um, and whose family members are sort of trying to pull him into the racist clan activity, um, burning crosses on people's lawns and things like that. Um, that kid is a huge Superman fan. And so the ways that Superman represents certain ideals first in society and for kids, um, but he is an alien, but he is, you know, truth, justice, and the American way. Um, those kinds of contradictions really come come up in this story. Uh, what is it? What does it mean that Superman as an American hero 
is um, a stranger from a distant shore, <laughs> that he is a refugee uh, who crash landed here. Um, he's not a native, but he is as American as American can be, right? And, and what does that mean about what truly uh, is American? Um, and so that all of that is done in a way that is um, a part of an intriguing story and um, really interesting characters and a great Jimmy Olsen, um, just phenomenal art and great visual storytelling. Um, Superman Smashes the Clan is probably my favorite superhero comic of the year. Um, that and maybe some new X-Men stuff that also isn't so much for kids because <laughs> adults can't even understand what's going on in that. But um, if I am a parent uh, or a librarian or an educator, um, I am picking up extra copies of Superman Smashes the Clan. In fact, I, I did pick up extra copies at the store to have it around the classroom and to hand to kids. Um, I got a couple copies with, of course, the cover by Gory Hero, and I got one copy with a cover by Kyle Baker, um, who is a a great comics artist, um, creator of Nat Turner, among other great comics. And so um, I think Superman Smashes the Clan is, uh, is a book that I'm really interested in seeing, um, obviously the story completed, but also in using in the classroom and using, um, uh, seeing it uh, get a, make the rounds in the libraries and kids getting their hands on this and um, really learning a little bit of history um, through some fun superhero stories and thinking a little bit about the ways that our, um, uh, you know, our histories are intertwined and the legacies of um, race and racism and white supremacy um, and the ways that those influence our communities uh, are also intertwined. So fun book, cool book, um, socially uh, relevant book, Superman Smashes the Klan, Jean Luen Yang and Gory Hero. Um, that's it for my recommendations. It's kind of a short episode. I've been a little bit swamped um, over here at the Comics Syllabus Podcast with my work as a teacher and, and educator and, and researcher. Um, so I hope you all will be cool with a short Comics Please episode. Um, but I would love to hear about what you all are reading. Um, I know that uh, being every other week, sometimes I'm reading stuff I don't even get to talk about with y'all. Um, but I'm curious if you're a listener, um, and uh, please do subscribe to the podcast. Please do find us on the Multiversity Network of Podcasts, and uh, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm on on Twitter at T-W-O-P-L-A-I, and uh, at twitter.com, <laughs> or you can find Comic Syllabus on Facebook. Um, we have a page. It's all linked in the show notes, or you can uh, send me an email, and I'd love to hear from all of you all. And if comics, please, uh, comics for parents, librarians, educators, and student <laughs> enthusiasts is a, a project that you are excited about, let me know that too. Um, I, I'd love to hear if there's some enthusiasm out there for this and uh, can spin it off into its own podcast. That would be fun. Um, all right, that's it. Uh, have a great week. Take care, everybody.